I am Andy Wood. With me, as always, is Brooks Whelan. Hey, Andy. Uh, I'm Brooks Whelan, and I'm a scientist, so that's why we do a scientist podcast. You're a real scientist. I'm a real-life scientist. scientist. Yeah, I had to actually work this week. It was a real nightmare. My boss was in a bunch, did a lot of measuring. Real boring. What do you do again? Uh, I the test, listeners. I test eyeballs. Um, I'm a biomedical engineer, and then I work in a lab where we create artificial lenses for when people get cataracts or problems with their lenses they can't see we replace them with these new artificial lenses i bet you get a real job barry we haven't introduced you yet okay why don't you just stay on that microphone <laughs> and then let's introduce our, our uh, guest host this week barry rothbart everyone and that's barry clapping hey everybody this is me, Barry Rothbard. Barry, what is your background in science? If Should any? I say my name after everything I say to make sure people know it's me? Yeah, yeah, That's let's start do doing that. Yeah. That's, a Brooks That's a good Wheeler. idea, Barry Rothbard. I like a Brooks Whelan. Um, uh, what did I do? What? What was your question? Do you have any background in science at all? Uh, I took AP Physics in high school, Ooh. Um, and I took various science courses before that, and I was in the Science Olympiad contest in my high school... Um, and we came in second place the day Chris Farley died. I'll never forget that. 1997. So everybody. Was that 97? I feel like it was. It might have been 97. It, the Science Olympiad was just me and a bunch of Asian kids and, and were, creating there, ways of popping balloons. There were no winners that day. No, there were no winners. winners. Except for that, that Asian kid who won. Well, then he was so there was some, yeah. there was some winner. Also, Wait, well, never walk seen us, Tommy Walk White. us through what you did. You said you were popping balloons for science. What was the... Uh, well, we ha- I, I was part of something called Mission Possible, and uh, <laughs> because it was possible, uh, where you had, to, you had to start with uh, a switch, and you had to have six steps removed from it, and it pops a balloon automatically. So it's like, you know, it's like a Rube Goldberg thing. It's yep, like you flip right. a switch... It's something would go down, another thing would spin, you know, and it had to pop a balloon. And man, did we fucking pop that balloon? I, I did curse a, on that? <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. We fucking popped that fucking, I did fucking a, balloon. I did do a, a Rube Goldberg in college, like my uh, first semester freshman year of like yeah. just a basic engineering, and mine was uh, a way to ensure that freshmen would get out of bed when their alarms went off. And so it was a loft that like a bowling ball dropped and like pulled the pins, and then you yeah. would just be yanked out of your bed. Do you think Rube Goldberg was just the most inefficient person ever? Yeah. Why? Sounds like a why real, did they name that? Like a real nightmare. Yeah, like you take six steps to do everything. You don't need a chicken to turn on a light, Rube. <laughs> Sounds like a government employee, if you ask me. Right. You guys, oh, that's, those I think that was Rube. He just walked in. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey Rube. guys. Hey, Rube. I just got a job working for the government. Jeez, um, like yeah. my contraptions. Okay, so Barry, uh, you you have some. Wait, we're not going to deal with the fact that Rube Goldberg just walked in. Well, no, I'm tired of him already. You guys, can I be on your podcast? I heard you talking about science. It took him so long to even walk he in He literally, he just had to put an umbrella down, slide it across the floor, make it... Just to get in here. Yeah. It took me so long to get in here. Now you're just going to ignore me. Created static and then touched Living the, legend, possibly hamster. dead living legend right here in your midst. Oh, he's definitely dead. But it was like the longest funeral ever to lower yeah. his body. <laughs> yeah, this to is lower that story. casket into the grave. Uh, he is the stepbrother of Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks. Uh, and also... Full on, not even stepbrother, full brother of Goldberg, who was undefeated for some time in the late 90s wrestling. And also... The, the first Jewish WWF champion. Was he? I don't know. Do you learn that in Jewish school? Like, we've had some real good ones it's out there. It's called Jew school. Thank you. <laughs> it's not called Jewish school. Oh. Stepfather of Whoopi, also. 
Oh, I don't like. I don't know why she decided to take his name, but yeah. uh, okay. So Barry Rothbard is our guest today. He's been on such things as The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. More importantly, he did For Shame, which is my show mm-hmm. at the Hollywood Improv Lab. I, I think that's a much <clears throat> men of thing. a certain age. Men, he's been on Men of a Certain Age. He's been in a, a car ad that had a Vampire Weekend song playing in the background. He was on Cash Cap, several once. Taco Bell ads, and several Taco Bell ads. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah. Was that the chicken flatbread? No, no, no. That's 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 one of them that that it, they there? have is it, that's a Taco Bell ad, but that's not the one I was in. What was? Do you remember what the product you were pushing was? Uh, it was uh, a, a burrito, and uh, the the whole thing was how fast they can melt it. So they were the I go hit on a on an employee in the kitchen, and I'm like, "Hey, can you talk to me?" She's like, "Sure," while I melt this burrito, <laughs> and she puts the burrito in, and like ten seconds later, it's done. And she takes it out. I don't get why the end user cares about how long it takes to melt. The and the end user cares that people are are like Flirting. sexually harassing people in the kitchen. Right. And then we also have uh, kind of a first time, like a fourth guest. Jeff Cerulli is here, just hanging out in the back. You can just shout. Yeah, that's me. I'm I'm right here. I'm on. Uh, actually, might be the fourth guest, but I have the best chair. I have a yeah, recliner. Oh, got a real true. nice chair. He's got a real office chair. We're just sitting in these shitty kitchen chairs, just hanging out. Um. So yeah, so let's get to some science stories of the week. This is my uh, first one and favorite. This is just such a delight. 61 whales died on New Zealand. It's a delight to and you? stranded themselves on the beach. Just sounds so nice and warm. Um, no, so here's uh, more than 60 pilot whales died on a mass stranding in a remote New Zealand beach that people like uh, go visit for vacation. So what happened was people walked down to the beach for like a nice morning. You know, they're on vacation and there was 60 whales dead. Just on the on the beach right there, and so uh, I just said <laughs> sounds hilarious. Worst. Yeah, um, and then there were eighteen more, wi- like eighteen of them were still alive. So then the staff, like they had the de- the Department of Conservation staff, had to decide to euthanize them rather than then prolong them suffering. And then they were quoted as it saying, "It's our least favorite part of the job." Do they know why? Why were they dead? Um, well, they just, like, beach themselves. It said, like, scientists are unsure why pilot whales beach themselves. They, like, think it might occur when their sonar gets scrambled in shallow water or if, like, a sick member of their pod just heads for the shore and everyone's like, where's he going? Let's check it out, too. Um, that's, of course, how a whale would talk. That's how a dumb whale would <laughs> <that fought. laughs> Where are we going, guys? I'm just going to follow him along. I'm a whale. So, yeah. So. What if whales spoke like this? Hey, I'm a whale. That's, they couldn't? They're too big. Ah. They have a deep, brassy voice. It'd be funnier for a whale to have a really high voice. But I like how they were saying that is their least favorite part of the job is killing whales. Least favorite. like As if there was any debate about that. As if one of the guys is going to step forward and be like, finally, some whale killing. Yeah, I mean, and then one guy goes, especially on Mondays. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Garfield has to kill a whale on Mondays and just says, I hate Mondays. And my aunt wears that shirt around. Yeah. They didn't even detail how they euthanize them either. Because people are vacationing on this beach. You wonder if parents are telling their kids, like, no, they're just going to take this whale to a bigger beach out in the farm where yeah. it can run free. Uh, no, they just hit it with a sledgehammer. I saw them do that. Uh, so that makes me think. I, sorry. You, no, no, no you go. Barry. What does it make you think of? It makes me think of what is your least favorite thing you've done at a job, like growing up anytime? Least favorite job you've had? Worst uh, experience? Doing the job is probably <laughs> no, no. every job I've ever had. Really? The, the least favorite thing. Following through on the duties that you have to do for the job. Yeah, and peeing next to my bosses. I've had to do that a few times. Give me some specifics here. Every job has been the worst. What's the worst of the worst? Um, I I was uh, I had to direct a promo video at a nudist colony. 
That was one thing I had to do. That sounds awesome. At a gay 50s plus nudist colony. 800 nude gay guys. And I had to be nude while I shot this thing. No way. I swear what? to God, yeah. You, no, I don't yeah, believe that. That's nude. not true. Totally true. That's insane. I actually did another podcast about this story. Give me a little backstory on this, though. Uh, well, I was uh, in New York. I was a freelance videographer and editor, and I was uh, just looking for money anywhere. We put an ad out on Craigslist, my partner and I, and we got a response back that was from an email address that said, Nude Yorker at AOL.com. <laughs> and it said... Uh, it said, we have a job for you, but we don't want to talk about it over email if you want to call us. So we call them, and they're like, uh, we run a nudist colony that's 800 gay 50-plus dudes who get together. We need to do a, a two-week-long shoot to just chronicle the whole thing. And, of course, we're like, how much? And it's a lot of money. And then we go, and they were like, all right, so come meet us, and we'll talk about more details. We go to their apartment. And uh, it's just seven nude, fat, gay guys. They're nude during the meeting. These guys are always nude. And we ended up doing it. It was crazy. I was I was naked the whole... Doing it? We had sex. Um, no, the, the weird part was when we had that meeting... Uh, well, there's a lot of weird parts, but this is the first weird part, is that they, they offered a suspicious amount of cheese during oh, wow. this meeting. They well, had, like, bowls of cheese. I think that gay people love cheese. Like, I think they like wine and they cheese. They do, but I don't know if you've ever eaten, like cubes of swiss around seven guys cocks you, <laughs> no, you have no i have six <laughs> off guys. of yes not six around guys. uh god knows i have but there is something... rube goldberg he's back again. no no i gotta know how much money they paid you to do this uh it was fourteen thousand for oh two god. weeks or, wow yeah, yeah yeah i'm in i'm into that yeah, we had to be naked the whole time. We never How put clothes on this? for two weeks. I, I like the this idea like that two years ago. they didn't ask what? you to two get naked. Two and a half naked. years ago. They didn't, they're like, oh, you guys could see <laughs> Oh, yeah, clothes. no. You don't want to be the only clothed guy, clothed guy in 800 nude people. Oh, man, that's It's just so me. weird. Were you the only <laughs> the, the funny guy? thing is, uh, that's debatable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing was it rained uh, at some point, and when it gets cool out, you're allowed to just put shirts on, which looks so much weirder. To have like hundreds of people with just shirts and then oh their dicks underneath gosh. the shirts. Just Donald Duck I style. Yeah. All right, Andy, worst job you've had? Um, Jeez, oh, I mean, I guess any number of engineering jobs, but... Um, no, no, fun. Make it fun. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, this yeah. podcast? Uh, <laughs> oh, I like it. I, I was a lifeguard for a while at this club where you never got to lifeguard. Like you, if you were lifeguarding, that meant you were taking a break from the rest of the duties that the guy wanted you to do around the club. Like he made us clear off there was 60 acres of property behind this this swimming facility and they uh they made us you know go hack out trails and uh work jackhammers to break up concrete and stuff so if you were lifeguarding you were lucky because you were taking a break um but then the the best slash worst part was they didn't trust that uh the place wouldn't get broken into on weekend nights so they always paid someone to stay overnight for the whole weekend and just kind of keep an eye on the place but that was like an like unspoken thing where you could just basically have a party. As long as you're there, wow. the person is running it. So I'd have these giant parties. So you didn't do your job? No, I mean, like they didn't care. It was fine. The problem was, you st whatever happened there, you still had to open up at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning. And after one of these parties where one summer my friends decided to start drinking 151 just because they got tired of the amount of time it takes to get drunk with other drinks. Sounds like an so episode of Entourage. Drink 151. It's like a sad, the yeah. most sad episode of Yeah. So we were doing that and just getting drunk and like the people were just jumping off the high dive naked and stuff. There, was, there were trampolines there also so it was just like multiple people naked jumping on trampolines. It was crazy. Barry it was, was filming. Holy shit. It was a bacchanalia of sorts. That's filming it? 
It was awesome, but then, then, so everyone takes off, and then I'm left passed out, and 7 a.m. rolls around, and there's only one woman who wants to swim at 7 a.m. on Sunday, and it is my 75-year-old English teacher. She's there every morning, as soon as they open, to swim laps, and there's a half-mile walk-up from the front gate that's locked to the swim club, and I was just passed out cold. I could not Fucking Mrs. McCarthy, bitch. And um, Mrs. McCarthy? Oh, I want to say Thompson. I don't think it's that, but I'm going to say that for the purposes of the podcast. Uh, she was rattling the gate a half mile away. Of course, I didn't hear it. So the 75-year-old woman climbed over this closed gate, hiked up, climbed over another gate. And I just hear a knocking on the uh, the door to like the pump boiler room area where I was sleeping. And she had gotten all the way into there and woke me up. And I hadn't cleaned anything up yet. There's still like cigarette butts and empty beer bottles all around the pool. But then I have to go, you know, clean everything up and let her swim and pretend to lifeguard her and then just do a full day's work with pretend the worst. Pretend to lifeguard her. With, yeah. I mean, she doesn't need my... She, like, I'm not, like, I'm going to be able to save her. She's a better swimmer than I am. But, uh, yeah, so that whole day of sounds, nursing the worst hangover ever. So it's like the best job and the worst great. parts. I like that job. Yeah. I, I was a tour guide inside of a cave my first job, and when there weren't tourists, one time there was sna- there were snakes in the cave. And uh, I was like, there's snakes down there. And the woman who owned it gave me a, a rake and told me to take care of it. <laughs> that was the worst. She's like, go underground and kill snakes. And by that she meant, <laughs> by that she meant like, assume the identity of a snake, befriend the snakes. No, I, she was deep, just like, deep undercover. take care of it. And she gave me a shovel. And I was like, I f- That's like a really low stakes Samuel L. Jackson movie. I hate snakes. <laughs> low stakes snakes. Oh, man. All right. There's snakes here. We'll kill them. With uh, a rake, it's like the least effective. It is the worst. To use it was for, the worst thing ever. You, and I, rake? I would try to quit all the time, but I was 15. I didn't know how to quit yet. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. So I was like, I don't really want to come back. And she was like, Sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. And I was like, Okay, I'll be back. Oh, like, so life lessons. Lesson. Oh, it sucked. I got a pit. Like this is also actually kept me for the whole season. She goes, At the end of the at the end of the season, you'll get a a penny bonus for every person you took on a tour and I was like oh, oh penny bonus that'll probably be pretty great and I didn't do any math it was like $23 at the end of the like 10 months so you were we, we were talking about this earlier you were never a cartoony bully you look like a ski bully no I was a guy who was forced into working at a cave and then was like just begrudgingly uh, wouldn't quit just like okay I'll be back I'll play you never get- like I- challenged people to ski against you no. in lunchrooms. <laughs> he does look that way, listeners. No. Uh, the one thing I did do, I ran cross country because I, I was, I wrestled, so I'd run cross country to get in shape for wrestling one time. Like, I would uh, defend mean kids by bullying bullies, and like, I, I, we got done wrestling, and no, not, we got done running cross country, and we got to swim in the pool of the high school, and then we were showering with our swim trunks on, and like, the football team came in naked to like, shower, which, you know, that's totally cool, and they're like, oh, do you guys fucking... You showering with your swim trunks on? You guys scared show people your dicks or whatever? And then, like, that's Who what, the, they? That's what these guys? these football players were saying this to these cross country nerds. And like, I was running cross country too. And I was like, you, you want it? I was like, I was like, do you want to see my dick? So then I like pulled my pants down and just like chased football players around naked, being like, touch it, touch, like you want to see it. Uh, and so that like was probably Benny the Hill music. Came yeah, yeah, that was like the most bullying thing I've done. But I'm like, they're being so mean to these. These kids were like 90 pounds. I also like, like that they're proud of how much they love communal yeah. showering. Why don't no you one take your like, trunks off? At least yeah. we got out of the swimming pool, man. Like it makes sense. Uh, like, so no, I was not a bully. It's a necessary 
evil of sorts to have to shower naked communally. It's not like anybody should be into it. It's just like, yes, by the fact that we can't afford to have a shower stall for each of you, you have to do this. But no one should be like, yeah, this is what we love about this. Oh, you're gonna, you're going to hide it? You've, uh, like, I hated it. That's really... That's the thing. I yikes. swam. I was on the swim team and water polo team. And we'll get back to science in a minute. But... um. Everyone thinks that that's super weird because you're wearing like a speed all the time and it is kind of tiny, but then everybody, you're that close to being naked. There's no point in getting any more naked when you're showering after that because it's like you can already wash everything. So if somebody would go to the trouble of taking off the speedo in the showers, that was always extra weird. Because I'm like, you're, you're pretty much naked. Like, this is good enough. There was one kid who used to lay down in the showers and like kick off the wall on his back and like. Just kind of uh, scoot around the showers you, on his oh. back. It's the grossest. Did you have? Thing. We had this kid Bez that we later found out was autistic. But he used to he used to put his dick between his palms and like rub them like like he's making play doh. Making a snake out of play doh. Yeah, yeah. He used to do that, and everyone would go Bez, Bez, Bez. They would chant his name, him on. and he'd go, Yeah, it's my turn. He would start doing <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> it's my turn uh, to have well, some attention. Turn could it be? And he would, yeah, he would always do that at camp, and then we later found out you know he was you know severely <laughs> autistic well, they, they, but not for those autism wasn't around back yeah it yeah just, it was i saw rain man yeah, yeah but that just meant he didn't like airplanes um that's the whole point of that movie right the guy just to give like the airplanes. listeners a visual every time jeff goes to the mic we shoo him away <laughs> <laughs> get back we in make, your dungeon we make jeff listen he like he's here but he's in a corner right now and he keeps creeping closer yeah. get back <laughs> That's not true at all. It's not true. All right. Speaking of uh, being pushed into a corner, um, this next topic has to do with pushing... um, No, it doesn't. This is a terrible segue for what we're about. I'm going to find a way to make this have to do with corners, okay? This next next news item I thought was kind of interesting. Scientists recently invented the world's lightest material. So that would mean it would be easy to push it into a corner. This light. How's that for a transition? The world's lightest material. The world's lightest material. It's not even so much a material as a way of organizing any specific... Substance like a lattice work that makes something a hundred times lighter than styrofoam. The secret is that it's a cellular architecture fabricated from hollow tubes that support a material structure that's in reality 99.99% air. That means it's less than one thousandth of the density of water, and uh, it's pretty resilient. When researchers squashed it to half its height, it rebounded to 98% of its original height. So is that the trick is to fabricate a lattice of interconnected hollow tubes with a wall thickness a thousand times thinner than a human hair. What would you use it for? I was saying they could use it for uh, impact protection, uh, acoustic dampening, and maybe some battery applications. And they said it's so light that when you drop it from shoulder height, it takes 10 seconds to hit the ground. But it's made out of, uh, the example they showed, they showed a piece of this sitting on top of uh, a dried dandelion and not disturbing any of the... It looks like a wafer. Right, right. And it's, it's sitting on top of like a dandelion when it's gone yeah. white and you just blow on it. And then there's a weird warning that says no dandelions were harmed in the making of this <laughs> yeah. photo. It seemed unnecessary, but yeah, I think it was something they said it's just a way of organizing anything into a lattice. So I think you could do it out of even heavy substances. Like I think this one that they showed the picture of was of, I want to say iron. Let me see I if know. that's true. I used to pick Amazing dandelions. Could, uh, make something that light. Yeah, it is. I used to pick Danny Lyons cool. for my mom, just like a whole bunch of them. And I'd be like, here you go. And she'd be like, oh, great. Really? Yeah. What were you like? Did you grew up in the 30s? <laughs> no, I, I lived way out in the country, and my brothers were older than me, so they would be like hanging out with each other, and I'd just be out. And like we had this, uh, it was in the woods, and I'd just pick dandelions and be like, here you go, bum. And she's like, oh, neat. These are dead weeds now. Great. Like she'd 
like show them, and they, those things turn black within minutes, pretty much. Do they? I've never picked a dandelion. I would have well, so many dandelions. A dandelion? I mean, I've been, I've seen dandelions. Where did you grow up? New York. Jesus, I've never thought I'd get made fun of for not picking dandelions. What are you? Who doesn't do heartless? That? Um, yeah, I, I grew up in uh, in New York, the dandelion capital of, of the world, of the world, the dandelion state. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's where that. Did you guys ever have that thing? I don't know if this was just in Michigan or someone I knew just made it up, but if you take a dandelion and you rub it on the... By the way, I've gotten made fun of for saying dandelions instead of, I guess you're supposed to say dandelions. And saying dandelions sounds stupid. Is that true? I don't know. You should make fun of whoever's talking about that pronunciation. I just said it once in front of a friend of mine in college. He was like, oh, dandelions. Like, yeah, that's what it's called. It's a dandelion. That's the name of my uh, hip-hop rock fusion band. The dandelions. dandelions. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> I like that. Is that because of uh, the Warhols mixed with the... Uh... I love how you guys are both on your computers. <laughs> We're looking at articles. We're looking at articles to discuss yeah, news. Yeah, I feel like I'm at a Starbucks thing. You guys are both just like... <laughs> We're barely listening. Enthralled and like, checking just, your emails. No, no. I just, I just like, come on, let's talk, guys. I just got an Apple, uh, a new Apple computer this week, so this is the first time I've used Ooh. it. Usually I, I have a notebook open and I'm reading the article. What's What's an Apple? Is it, um, is it similar to Compaq, Presarios? <laughs> it's more uh, along the lines of a Philips Magnavox VCR. Oh, okay, VCR. cool. Philips Magnavox. Yeah. Magnavox is gone, right, as a brand? That doesn't exist anymore, does I don't it? Know. You guys want to talk about some extraterrestrial real estate, though? I would love to. That's what I'm into. So I just found this out. Location, location, location. Exactly. <laughs> People are selling, like, plots of land on the moon, and they've been doing it since the 80s. And... This guy claims... Um, so they're conning people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. But this dude is like a genius. His name's Dennis Hope, and he's an American entrepreneur, and he claims he has sold 2.5 million one-acre plots on the moon for $20 an acre, <laughs> which is a good deal like per acre. Yeah, like yeah. 20 bucks for an acre of land, that's great. On the moon, though. And so that means that this guy has made... Uh, I don't want to do the math. Two point five million times twenty. What? So let's. Well, that's what he claims. So two. That's what he claims. So five fifty million dollars. Wait, wait. So how does he have the jurisdiction to do that? Like he how, doesn't. So, so nobody. Just, does. What, what happens when the moon does start to become popular? It's I can only think about be. this math right now. Is that right? Two point five times twenty. Engineering. Yes, it's fifty million dollars. Okay, all right. But but the interesting thing is that it's it's been agreed upon since the first exploration to the moon that the moon is kind of like Antarctica. In the sense that it's nobody's land. Yeah, they say nobody owns the moon. But yeah, this guy has conned people. But I mean, yeah. people buy stars. You get to name a star. So it's just a, it's another series of terrible anniversary gifts. Yeah. Exactly. And like <laughs> terrible birthday gifts. When we get what up there to get the moon. For the husband Trust who has me, everything. it's on the moon. It's the yeah. kid who's like, I wanted an Xbox. It says he allocates the land to be sold by closing his eyes and randomly pointing to a map of the moon. That's true. I That's want a crater. You'll get what you get, and you'll like it. Yeah, exactly. And he does that I'm in front Goldberg. of the customers? He just I, closes his eyes and points? He, he doesn't have any other uh, act he could put on? He started his own business called the Lunar Embassy Commission, which I think is great. Like, how would he, how you, how you have an embassy to something that has no one else representing it? Like, uh, that's... And I came upon this story because uh, China is recently getting into the whole space race game. Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> they're, they're seriously, they're like, we're going to get up there. We're going to get on the moon. It's going to be great. But I've been reading um, the articles online are a lot. They're published from China. So it's like China's own news source. Yeah, yeah. And it's so pro-China, anti-everything else. Like, it's like we've done docking. Uh, like, now they link up 
like lunar modules and D-Link, and then they're like, we can do this. Almost nobody else can do this. I'm like, we did that in like 55, China. Did you hear, uh, there was on This American Life, they, they have a commission that's just supposed to figure out the uh, the actual possibility of, um, I think it's, it's 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 not time travel. I think it's it's inter star travel, like oh, to be able to travel from I one star to another. Yeah, so and it's just how to travel it's so like, theoretical it's that like how to travel at the speed of light is like what how to travel at the speed of light. Yeah, yeah. But they said it would take to go like for one second at the speed of light would take ten times all the energy used in a year on Earth. Right, and also like if there's a, if you even hit like a piece of dust going the speed yeah, speed of like light, it'll blow your ship up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they said they already solved that problem, which is like they started uh, yeah, yeah. they started with that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it would basically be time travel, though, right? I mean, if you travel at the speed of light, isn't it time travel? It time, no, it's not time, time travel. Well, it is in the sense that time slows down so much for you, but stays at the same yeah. rate elsewhere that when you yeah. cease to go at that speed a lot of time would have passed so it's, it's light it's, traveling into the future I think it would still take I think our close the closest star to us is still either four or eight light years away yeah exactly and and it would take they were just talking about communication about how long you'd have to send a message from the ship to earth or to like a station it would take two years to get there and then two years for a response to right. come back just it's, saying, another difficulty. No, it's, it's crazy. If you guys, hey, yeah, if you guys are no planning chance. on doing this, not a good idea. Yeah, just yeah. just stop. Just don't even bother. If that's um, what you're going to spend your weekend. Well, planning, no, they they don't. think that they're like going to be the the first ones to talk about this, and then it's going to be the biggest rate. It's going to be like the Twitter of, you know, two thousand three hundred and fifteen. <laughs> Can't wait to be here for that. Uh, China claims. There, oh, you're going to go back to your story? No, 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 okay. No, All right, no, good. I'm just thinking about no, no, this, no. though. That's fine. This is what China says. They're going to have a permanent moon base by 2020. Permanently. Going to have a whole... I don't buy it. No, I don't buy anything that they say. They, like, they showed pictures of their like docking and undocking, and it's just computer pictures that they have like rendered. Yeah. Computer pictures. That's the term for it. No, like it's <laughs> it's like uh, Photoshop. Photoshop right, right, right. So. I'm following. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but what's the definition of a base? I mean, you know, is a, is a flag a base? What is? Uh... I think it's a mall. I just think that they want to have a mall. They're just going to have a Panda Express. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I like it. Uh, made in China, though, it's going to fall apart, huh? I... You know, I'm from <laughs> I'm from Iowa, and I got to say, Iowa Chinese food is the best Chinese food because they know what Americans want. Like if we made like That's the, the Chinese worst logic of a no, the Chinese yeah. people That's who live in logic. Iowa, they're like, if we made it how we like it. These Midwestern people aren't going to dig it at all, so let's make it basically how they want it. But if you haven't even had something before, how do you know how you like it? I've had it. I lived there. I love no, I'm saying Chinese if they were the food. imagine you're the first Chinese entrepreneur to bring a Chinese restaurant to Iowa, where you're from. Correct? Well, you're going to get ridiculed for being different. That's right. going to happen first. Uh, so how are you going to know what kind of Chinese food these people who have never had Chinese food want? Well, they probably made a normal like Chinese food, and then. Iowa people are like this is terrible, man, and so they just you know after years of refining they put really... more corn in things. And then... No, it's not about corn. It's just more. I meat. love I love the ones that sell fried chicken. You ever go to a, a Chinese place and they, like their <laughs> it has main like dish donuts is like fried and fried chicken, chicken. yeah, and, then and French fries. My yeah. mom used to get uh, spare ribs and French fries for us. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just terrible. Have there you was... guys ever had horrible Mexican food in parts of the country that don't have Mexican people? Uh, I guess I don't know. Taco Bell count. No, but beyond no. that, like actual attempts at a Mexican restaurant that's obviously nothing like any food you'd get in Mexico or near Mexico. I feel like 
the Mexican restaurants are the only restaurants that usually have. Are, are you just asking if we've had bad food? Ethnicity. Well, no, I, I've had reason, I've had terrible food everywhere. My girlfriend, for some reason, has an undue amount of pride for everything in the South where she's from. Like she has so much pride Ugh. for the South, and yet she left there. And I'm like, you know, if you had the, if you love it that much, she'd still be there. Why don't you marry it? Is right, that what you said? Exactly. But she loves uh, the crappy Mexican food that they have in Georgia. And I went with her to Georgia last month, and yeah, it's shit. It's shit. It's not Mexican food. Like you can just say you like that food, Who but cares? don't call it's it Mexican just, food. It's no, not related what, to Mexican food at all. If you like tacos, you like tacos. I'm fine with it. <laughs> whatever. Man, I make tacos. They're not authentic Mexican, but they're fucking delicious because it's how I want them. But you wouldn't call it Mexican. What is the science behind Mexican food? That's uh, an excellent question. Beans, cheeses. Beans and cheeses. I can tell you the science behind Chinese food, which is that MSG triggers the only recently discovered fifth taste receptor farther back on the tongue, the umami receptor, right? So it triggers it? That's what you. That's what makes something taste meaty, is compounds like monosodium glutamate. They trigger, like, you have, the, you have sweet, salt, sour, and bitter are the four main and things. And then umami. And then umami farther back, and that senses meat... And MSG triggers that uh, you, mommy. Okay, here we got. I got a little proposition for you guys. So, just to get back to the original science thing here, I I get wait, in hold touch. On, wait, I just gotta go back to that for one second. <laughs> so, wait, you're saying MSG? MSG makes is the only taste thing that does that. It's one of I think only a handful of compounds that does that. But like a lot of times when you taste meatiness, that is MSG. So people that think. So why does everyone weird, not want MSG? I don't know. I think it's like you know uh, vegan hippies think that uh, it sounds artificial and they say they get headaches from it. But I thought it like gives you cancer. I don't or like his movies that much. MSG. McGee's. Oh okay. I'm just kidding around. I don't like this. I don't like the New York sports. <laughs> this is a director named like McGee name. or something. MG. Uh, okay, here we go. I got a little. I got a little proposition for you guys. So I talked to Dennis Hope. No, the guy who's in charge of this. <laughs> who moon, sells plots of land? Who sells plots of land in the moon? Normally twenty dollars an acre for a plot of land. I get a deal. Okay, twenty-five cents for an acre of moon land. You can't go that low. No, no. But it's just it's You're a crazy. special just for me and my friends. I let you. I fill you guys in on it. You can get. I'm telling you guys. You're insane. And then we have to sell it to three of our friends? No, 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 no. no. We... This is just a one-time deal. I offer you, you can buy $100 worth of moon land. That is 400 acres of, of the moon. You can't offer us that Yours. kind of deal. No. I'm offering it to you. You take it, $100. I'm in. You, got, you have 400 acres. I'm all the of way course, in. 100%, I'm in. bro. Yeah. How could I not be? 100%. Yeah, because, I mean, if if we do get up there and they're like, well, we got to honor this Dennis Hope guy, you're rich, man. Just just for the listeners, uh, Brooks came back in with a with a terrible suit on to do this transaction. <laughs> you know, one man's terrible is another man's very sharp. I think you look great. No, I'm just saying. You're going to sell a lot of Moonland with I that. I think that that's a good idea, right? I mean, it's, it's, honestly, somebody goes, you can have an acre. I take it. I blindly say yes to anyone oh, who yeah, offers one, Yeah, once we're living up there, we'll be, we'll be land barons. We'll be, you know, part of the landed land gentry, the bonds. elite. Man, I just can't wait to have my own plantation up there. It's going to be great. That's got to be why people do it, right? $20 for an acre. I mean, it doesn't make sense now, but in 50 years, who knows? Like, that has to be their logic. <laughs> they want plant Yeah, who is buying this? Is want... he going door to door? I don't know. I just assume it's people like the person I just made fun yes, of. That's yeah. like, well, you know, it, sure, what's 100 bucks? Shut up, Helen. Yeah. This is actually not that different Prime from... I'm greater real estate. I went to Peru six years ago, and Peru is so impoverished that... You can buy a plot of land in a part of Lima, the capital of Peru. You can buy, I think it was um, a quarter acre or so, I think like 20,000 square. The math might not work on that. But like a plot big enough to build a house in 
admittedly the worst neighborhood of Lima, but you could buy that plot for $50. And I was like, I should just do that as a goof, because why not? Because maybe someday it's like, no, there's no possible you're a slumlord in Peru. (laughs) (laughs) Cut to like a year later. You're like, get out of here, Pablo. You don't pay your rent, you're out. The real thing is, 50 bucks is still 50 bucks that you're out, and there's no way you're ever going to build on that. There's no way you're ever going to live there. There's no sewage that runs there. There's no electrical wiring that runs to that lot. I would just be able to, at parties, tell your friends, I own a plot of land in Peru. That's the only reason. Because you know that people at parties love nothing more than to hear about land. I've read the game. Stop everything. Hey, stop. Stop everything at this party. That's an opener. The- Maybe you don't understand pickup artistry, but mystery will tell you that the best opener is to ask a girl, <laughs> would you pay $50 for a plot of land in Lima, Peru? Especially if she's that's Peruvian. The opener. Oh, that's the worst opener if she's Peruvian because she that, that's kind of sensitive. I can't afford that. And how did she get into that bar? Awkward silence. Uh, no, I want to... I don't think it's awkward Well, you know, all. speaking of space... And uh, traveling quickly Quit, through I don't it. like how you try I like to these segues. transition I here. like my segues a lot because actually we were just talking about space. We we're going to continue talking about it, but on a different topic, sort of. This is uh, th- th- There's an article that just came out uh, declaiming, declaiming, that's a word now. Dick claiming. Dick claiming that scientists at Chalmers, which is my favorite Simpsons named institute, uh, have succeeded in creating light from a vacuum, observing an effect first predicted over 40 years ago. Wait, they what? I'm sorry, one they, more time. They created light from a vacuum. So uh, in an an innovative experiment, the scientists have managed to capture some of the photons that are constantly appearing and disappearing in the vacuum. So it's based on one of the most counterintuitive yet important principles of quantum mechanics, which is that a vacuum is not actually nothing. A vacuum is by no means empty nothingness. In fact, a vacuum is full of various particles that are continuously fluctuating in and out of existence, and they'll appear just for a brief moment and then disappear again. And since their existence is so fleeting, they're usually referred to as virtual particles. And this Chalmers scientist named Christopher Wilson and his co-workers succeeded in getting photons to leave their virtual state and become real photons, kind of like uh, Pinocchio. And uh, <laughs> he and a physicist named Moore predicted this back in 1970, um, but there was no way to test it at the time. Um, let's see. The phenomenon known, known as the dynamical Casimir effect has now been observed for the first time in a brilliant experiment conducted by these Chalmers scientists. And I can't read Chalmers without picturing Superintendent Chalmers. This is like my podcast, and I I tuned out during that. No, it's totally fine. Basically, a vacuum is not nothing. So, yeah, Things appear and disappear in a vacuum. That's what we're getting out of here. Yeah, it cleans floors, huh? That's my impression of a terrible comedian. No, I love that. That's my favorite comedian. (laughs) It cleans floors. It's a vacuum. That comedian's funnier than (laughs) your real comedy. That's hilarious. Funner? Funnier. More funnier. So what does this mean for our lives, you know guys? What, you know what? I think it, I think it means that uh, we are going to all die. This the last thing made me think of this. I went with Barry uh, to the Tonight Show when you did the Tonight Show, and I sat in the front row. And Jay Leno comes out and he and he high fives everybody. And like I don't like Jay Leno because I was pro Conan O'Brien. I don't know why, but they're like when Jay comes out, I want you all to go up there try to try to get your hands on Jay Leno. Oh God! He'll five everybody. Oh That's God. what they come up. The they producers do, yeah. come up and tell me, and I was like, no way. Like I was like, I'm here. I'm gonna be. I'll be. You know, I'm into the show. I'm excited. Uh, so I went up. Try to get your hands try on to get Jay your Leno. Hands. The weirdest phrase. <laughs> and I just went up there. Not and anyone just, would be paid to say that. Arms crossed. Did not. I was like, there he is. You know, like, I don't know why. But so just, it's cool. like a manufactured mob. Every episode they try to like make, because when you watch it, the idea is like, oh look, he's such a man of the people. He can't keep the crowd away from him. They love him so much. They want to touch him. They want a piece of him. But you're saying before in the opener, just says, "Hey, go rush the crowd and make it seem like yeah. you want." Yeah, because you know he clothes. came backstage. This is true. He came backstage after that. He was like, 
you know, I should have given the show to Conan. Like, Why? And he's like, there's this guy who just had his arms folded. Right. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, why? You know, he seems like a young dude, Conan. He must be a Conan. No, I fan. felt like such an idiot after that. What am I doing, man? I don't. This is exciting. Like, who gives a shit? Uh, what I do want to ask is, if you could, you could watch, you can look up Barry's set on TV. How, like, did you buy the suit for that? Seconds before you went on there, or minutes before? <laughs> it's the most ill-fitting suit. I've I ever. Was it ill-fitting? No, the suit it was just like good. untucked. No, it wasn't. It was untucked on purpose. It's the shirt fashion. was untucked. <laughs> I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I've never seen the look you, of a you, suit with a shirt untucked underneath. I don't know if I was there for a job interview or to get some fucking attention. <laughs> I liked it, but I was, <laughs> no. I want to honestly know. What's the what's the process there? Do you get the suit, do you, or do you have um, that suit already, or do they give you money? They give you a men's warehouse gift card as soon as you book it. <laughs> is that for real? No, is that for real? <laughs> I don't know. Is anything, that for man. real? The funny thing is, like, they tell you they're like, you know, we can't tell you what to wear, which I think they can, but they yeah. they're like, we can't tell you exactly what to wear, but uh, we would prefer a suit or something dressy. And I'm like, at, the night before, I hate I hate wearing suits so much. I went to like buy suits, and I, they were so expensive. I was like, what if I just go on a t with like a t shirt and jeans, and right. I'm like that guy, which would be terrible because everyone yeah. wears a suit. Like every single person is wearing a suit, and I yeah, I just bought one, and I and I got I was like I I went through like Where seven did you suits. Buy it? I bought it at Men's Warehouse, and then oh. I. I first went to Macy's and it was like eight hundred dollars for a suit. The funny thing was, I was like, I'll just return it. But I told the guy I bought the suit, who I bought the suit from, that I was going to be on the Tonight Show. Right. And then I come back and I'm like, I never wore it. Like, <laughs> he watched it. He watched the Tonight Show. Did you take it back? And he yeah, I took it, it back. Yeah, he accepted it. <laughs> he's like, oh, this is a great set. Yeah, it's a great set. Yeah. That's oh, okay. Awesome. I, never I was like, I never it. used it. I don't even know why I said I never used it. As if like. <laughs> You should have bought a really nice suit. There's if that easily, was your it was a really nice suit. There's oh, it was yeah. easy proof that you wore. That's awesome. Mine, I would just be like, I got one, and it would be the one I bought uh, when I graduated college to find a job. It's just so ill-fitting. It was like eighty dollars. Yeah, I didn't want to come on looking like like a like a bad moon real estate salesman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was a fun set. Um, you, you should have done the opposite of that, which is um, my girlfriend is on Chelsea lately as a writer's assistant. She got to be on the roundtable for the first time, and she wore this dress by a company that she always buys dresses. From then afterwards, she just emailed him. And was like, "Hey, by the way, uh, she didn't ask for anything. She just sent him a picture, a screen cap of her wearing it. I was on this show and I wore your dress. And of course, they're right back and like, oh, we'll give you some more. And I've given her. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so dang. you could have just should have just taken a picture heard, of it. Uh, Sent you know, Mr. To, to like a boutique Mr. Warehouse. Suit. Right, yeah. I'm yeah. wearing your shirts. No, Todd. specifically to uh, uh what's his size Burling? No, that's the hair Size Burling. Todd Glass does that like on Kimmel, he'll like mention specifically oh, yeah, something and they then like they'll hook his mom up with he'll be like Supposedly there was a whole scandal with that where they said they were gonna do it and they didn't do it. Oh wow. Um, really? Sorry, I didn't mean to break down the mood. No, 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 but actually, speaking of the, the untucked shirt with the suit, also that reminded me of the fact that um, April was just on a sketch they taped yesterday where they have uh, people who work on the show at Chelsea do like this fake therapy session. If you share an office with someone, they have someone mediate and you get to air your grievances about the person. And she shares a an office with Josh Wolf. You guys know Josh Wolf? No. Dick a writer producer on, on Chelsea lately. And uh, my girlfriend dresses in lots of, uh, you know, 50s pinup sort of like uh, might be she could be painted on the side of like a fighter jet or something to keep the boys morale uh, up. And they're yeah, fighting yeah. the the crowds and stuff. She's back hot. In the, She's hot. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying she has the look of like, the, you know, 50s. She, like, she looks like she would be dating 
uh, in the words of Josh Wool, like she should be dating like a greaser or something, you know, or she should be into like rockabilly. Did all like but she's Marines dating... react to to women back then with like their eyes popping out? Oh you know, like, yeah, yowzas! And then they all just like high five each other and hug and jump up and down. That's one hot dame. I... But, so what I was gonna say was that I got I got I got dissed on national television. It hasn't aired yet. I'm looking forward to seeing how they edit it because she said that this guy was making fun of her, saying like, "She look at her." Looks like she should be digging a greaser or something, but I met her boyfriend. He's a total nerd because uh, I opened for him back in Portland. What? Oh, I mean, whatever. I'm fine. With, I studied no, engineering. We're doing, doing a science podcast. podcast. I'm fine with the nerd thing, but he was like, yeah, I, he opened for me up in Portland, and he was, you know, he's all total like uh, button-down shirt tucked into pleated khakis and stuff. I was like, That's okay, well, okay, I haven't owned pleated pants in at least 10 years. And my rule is I don't tuck in a shirt unless I'm what wearing a, like, a tie. What a unless weird, I'm wearing a tie. Like borderline homosexual way to put down a guy in an alpha male kind of way. Right. Oh, totally. Like, oh, what is this dude coming here wearing pleated khakis after <laughs> Labor Day? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. What is that, a seersucker? Yeah. Jeez. You made me think of uh, like old 50s Marines. I watched that whole document, the, not documentary, the miniseries The Pacific, which is like 10 hours of HBO. It's great. But I watched it all in a row by myself, like drinking one Sunday, just kind of drinking by myself, watching it. And it's devastating. And I was like crying at the end. And right when my girlfriend walked in and she goes, are you OK? And I was like, no, I'm not OK. You don't God, understand. So these, much these guys could have lost so that war. Yeah, it was de- it was it was a real bad. How, how have we it. like I think about this sometimes. How is it not brought up all the time that we dropped two atom bombs Isn't that on insane? a country? Isn't that- How is that not something that's just brought up constantly that this, we did that? We Recently, just a few weeks ago, Genocide. decommissioned uh, our largest bomb that we had built at the time. Uh, it was like a B-53 is what it was called. And it was, I think, like... Um, it was the size of a Volkswagen bus. It was the size of a Volkswagen, but I think it was it was like 50 to 100 times more powerful than those atomic it's, bombs it, we dropped. And we just decommissioned it. And the, like it would... The whole idea of this bomb was to blow up underground bunkers. And it would level everything within a seven-mile radius of where we dropped it. Like, just level buildings no matter but what but then kill way beyond that because and then, of radiation and yeah and then knock down trees within like a 50 mile radius yeah and, and in history books they make it seem like we had to do it no and the, the reason this bomb was so powerful was because when we built it in the 50s we weren't accurate at all so we're like we got to make it big because you know we'll probably yeah. miss and you know hit a town when uh, we yeah. want to I love that they they had to well this has been the the backdrop of a lot of movies but they had to build those fake towns to like pre- to, test. to test them, and they would have like supposedly I don't know if this is true, but in movies they would have like down to every detail. Like the wife would be wearing an apron right, <laughs> for some right. no reason. Yeah, yeah, that's like in uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Crap or whatever that he jumps in. Uh, you mean the best Indiana Jones? <laughs> I like that. I like that character, the one who thinks it's the best one. Ugh, that's um, my new character. You should do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's Star Wars, the the last one they made, the best one, right? Actually, that that was a pretty good one. You say the first one, this the like uh, Clone Wars was great. Yeah, like, I feel like they really hit, really hit her stride in Clone Wars. Yeah, oh, I love it. Only okay. Hangover Two, man. That's the only one I like. <laughs> Rocky Rocky figured it out by the fifth one. I like <laughs> I like this character of it just keeps getting better, man. These leprechauns, each one gets yeah. better and better. I do. I do respect Hangover because there's been tons of franchises that have coasted, but never have they coasted so quickly. Yeah, never no. have they been like scene for scene. Like it's a formula now. You can it's, just yeah. you just make a Hangover Instead plot. Instead of a generally. baby, yeah, it's, it's called Airbud. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, let's. Um, you know what? This is this is big news. This is my favorite science news story of the week. You guys, his favorite. I can be a fucking astronaut right now. They're accepting applications for a new batch of astronauts, and this is all you need. You just need a bachelor's degree in an engineering field. Check, check. Both of us, we got this, and three years of relevant experience in that field. Check. Check. Just, I'm about to hit it. I'm about to hit it. Three years of being a scientist. I can apply to be an astronaut. One more. Wait, there's one more qualification. What was it? Be between five oh, foot yeah. two and six foot five three. Five foot two and six three. Check. Yeah, I'm I, like, is just this, six three. Is this amazing in some way? No, dude, I can be an astronaut. We can apply to be astronauts. We're going to apply to be astronauts. apply. It's not like they're oh, like, doesn't they're matter. Like, we're going to apply. A door is open to a spaceship for you to get no, in. No, no, we're scraping the bottom of this barrel. Like, we are the abs- we have the absolute minimum requirements to be an astronaut. I, mean, I don't know about absolute, okay? What, I, mean, I don't know about minimum. Like, what do you mean? I mean, I did pretty well in school. I, I, I have more than three years of experience. Yeah, but you haven't had this experience in like six years. When's the last time you okay, did engineering? How about this? How about this? I haven't really done engineering in six years. But how about this? They also obviously have to be. They didn't mention physical fitness, but that's going to come into play eventually. And you and I are in better shape than most I, nerds, right? I've eaten astronaut ice cream. Ooh. Oh, you're in the running. You ever do that? Uh-uh. Dippin' Dots, the ice cream I, of, of course. the future. Oh, Dippin' Dots yeah, were yeah. just discontinued. Did you hear that? They, were they? This yeah. went out of business like oh, last man. week. Dude, Does that mean the future is not going to happen? No more. The future Does that has mean been killed. Fourth grade Brooks is crying in a corner right so. now because it was I, just terrible ice cream. Oh, I, that I made it. me hate the future. Oh, but really? maybe it's, they were remarkably really like prescient when they were like, "It's the ice cream of the future," and it turns out the future is a new depression, and so like they folded. Like they they did predict the future. What a weird marketing future about failure. Yeah. Well, like, why would that? Why would that make anyone want to buy it? I don't know. Because you want to be futuristic, dude. I <laughs> loved it when in like fourth grade. I loved Dippin' Dots. You love Dippin' Dots? You know, you know what's crazy about this astronaut? I love. Wait, sorry, I got one more thing to say about <laughs> Dippin' Dots. It would always be like the rich white kids getting Dippin' Dots, <laughs> holding them at a Sea World, and then it would be like the poor Mexican kids with churros oh, in their right, hands. Right. Uh, <laughs> Those would be the only two. So I didn't go on vacations really, so I don't know. Uh, we would go to Noah's Ark, which is uh, in the Wisconsin Dells. Wisconsin. Dells. Oh, is that where it was? Yeah, yeah. It was. That's where Noah. You've been there. Noah's Ark is. Yeah, that was our. That was our family vacation. It was North America's largest water park. So I would have dipping dots, dipping dots there. Even I've been yeah. to Wisconsin. Dells. But there was no Mexicans because in Wisconsin, it was yeah. just all poor, poor white kids eating dipping dots. We were real excited about it. And we you had guys ever had those like freeze dried ice cream squares? Like, but still part of the astronaut craze. That's what of, I'm talking about. Space ice cream. No, but Dippin' Dots are actually cold, and they're like little beads, yeah. so, like little ball bearings of, of freeze dried ice cream. But I mean, like the full on like a square of solid Neapolitan. Like I'm thinking, like a four inch by four inch by one yeah, inch. Yeah, In a packet at museums. Not they sold them at, at museums. museums. Yeah, yeah. 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 That stuff I like more than Dippin' Dots. Where did you go on vacation growing up? Where was your vacation of family choice? I love how, like, yeah. this is like, Jeff, be yeah, funny yeah, for a on. second. No, 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 no I just want to hear. I just where we used to go on vacation? Just uh, where? You where? could come and use my mic, too, if you want. We used to go to uh, Disney World all the time. Oh, man, what, how much you're the richest <laughs> Disney World. Disney World is the yeah, only place back. I haven't been to. <laughs> back to the corner, Richie. Get back there, Richie You Rich. really went to Disney World? I went to Disney World. A bunch, man. We used to go to Disney World. A lot? I in the haunted thing. It was scary. Oh, yeah, the, no, you mean Small World. That's not a haunted thing. No, right? no, no. The Haunted Mansion? You mean you cried at Eddie Murphy's movie Haunted Mansion? <laughs> yeah. It's so scary. No, the Haunted Move. Mansion, when the roof comes down, I, like, freaked out. Oh, did you? And they had those kind of hologram things mm-hmm. that were probably just projected onto, like, thin sheets of plastic, so they had the illusion of 
Yeah, and depth. They, they have the the future room with the with the, the kitchen of the future. You remember that? I don't know if I s- in the haunted mansion. No, uh, that doesn't seem. What haunted. was the kitchen of the future? It was just everything was metal. Just spam. Dipping dots were everywhere. <laughs> Dipping dots. Everything is just dots. This zero gravity oven for some reason. I remember I went to. There's there's video footage of this. I went when I was four years old to Disney World, and we went to a parade of characters, and Captain Hook came right up to me and popped a balloon in my face. And I freaked out. <laughs> to this day, I hate Captain Hook. Not Wait, that you're is supposed this, to. Is this what motivated you to join the Science Olympiad and figure out how to pop that balloon the yeah, right way? Yeah, I got to do it the right way, yeah. yeah. And then I got molested by a balloon. Uh, there, there's photo. So my brothers went. My brothers Ooh, are four. That was a weird reaction to someone's. <laughs> no, my brothers are four and six years older than me. And they got to go to Disney World when they were like eight and uh, six. So I was like two. And they left me behind with my grandparents because they're like, ah, it's the baby. He's going he's gonna to bring us down. You know, we don't want to bring a baby. So there's pictures of them like leaving. And then I'm just like visibly like, what's going on? And then they just have so much fun. And there's, I'm not in any of the pictures. It's really. Aww. So that's why I have a real vendetta against kids who've got to go to Disney World. Disney World. Do you guys want to know something that I, I, I've been saving this for a while? But this is like, I, I'm kind of ashamed of this because it makes me seem like I must have, we must have had a lot of money growing up. Because uh, this was every kid of my generation's absolute dream, but I went not camp. I went to space camp. Oh my god, are you kidding? What? <laughs> you went to space camp? I haven't camp? told him. Have I haven't hovercraft? told Brooks this. I went to space Holy camp. Holy shit! Yeah, because I mean, I totally was. I was in. I was in it to win it when it came to space that stuff and astronaut awesome. shit. When I was a kid, like I was all about it. And you know, I was a big nerd. But I think my parents wanted to throw me a bone because I didn't have any friends and stuff. But I was into like science and math and shit. So in uh, probably the summer after fifth grade. I couldn't have been older than 12. So whatever age, it's probably 10 is or so. Is that the cutoff? No. Like, no, if like you're 19. I love, I love the no, idea of an 18-year-old cleaning up at space camp. Just <laughs> devastating. Dude, the pussy I got at space no, no, camp. No, I'm talking about like calculus. Oh, okay. He was cleaning up like, I got this calculus. And everyone else is like, what is calculus? That would be We're great, though. That's the secret. That's like, the secret of space camp. It's like, pussy. You have no <laughs> idea. Space pussy. You have no idea. But get them zero gravity. <laughs> Okay, when you guys picture Space Camp, though, what's the thing that you picture? The thing that you go sit down. Uh, there's some Nickelodeon show. I remember. Yes. What, what was it? It would always be the prize. The, ch- the kitchen was like Guts or Funhouse or something. It was always like... Agro Crag? But the thing you picture, yeah, you when you picture camp. going to Space Camp, the thing you picture doing is what? The chair that spins around. Jeff's making the motion. That's... That's all. Well, it's like anybody, a gyroscope. Yeah, was for that those all of you, it was? For the, no, for those of you who are under the age of like 25, you have no concept of what this is. But like in the, in the 80s, before the Challenger, actually this was after the Challenger, we still loved the space program that much that it was like the biggest thing that kids, there was the space camp movie that came out. Oh, yeah, where kids were just like on a spaceship on accident. It took right, off, right? Ac- so they had to do actually land the... Black guy from Revenge of the Nerds. Really? He was in that? I don't know if I've actually seen it. But yeah, I, I grew up. I grew up when we were still, you know, it wasn't like space age, but it was still when there was so much enthusiasm. Like I actually, I dated a single mom recently, and she had an eight-year-old son, and she asked him if you ever wanted to be an astronaut. He's like, no, they die up yeah, there. Yeah, oh, wow. They die up there. It was an eight-year-old. It was, son. it was. It stopped being cool at some point. Really? Yeah. But when I was a kid, it was the greatest thing ever. So all I wanted to do was have a chance to sit in that stupid chair that spins around. That's all that space camp was to me. And I got there to find out that that's the space academy. Which you can only oh do if you're 13 or over. Space camp is just a lot of learning about bureaucracy. You reminded me of something really quick. Um, I I don't want to brag. I know that we've already done my plugs, but um, I came in second place to be on Carmen Sandiego when I was in fifth grade. Oh, oh my, my god! I was that close from being on I the show. I always thought she was hot. 
That's like she is Carmen? Yeah. She didn't have a face. What do you mean? Yeah, you don't know where she is. I pictured underneath there. Pretty (laughs) hot, babe. Um, And I, uh, yeah, I I almost got on there. Because of like your geography skills or just because you were charismatic? Oh, I love geography. Name a country. Uh, Bolivia. Yeah, that's a country. (laughs) (laughs) That's like an uncle joke. I love that. I love that. Okay, so. (laughs) I love that. With no, that's hilarious because I was I was gonna be like I'm gonna get him Uganda and you're like mm-hmm, yep that's one. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I should sh- save the rest of the space camp discussion for another time because there's so much. Okay, no, we could just leave the room. You could just <laughs> yeah, just keep talking. Record this yourself. No, in this in this uh, new batch of astronauts they're accepting. There's a YouTube clip where it's like NASA's recruitment video. It's like we're doing great things in space, and it was trying to sell you on being an astronaut. I was like, we don't need to be sold, man. Oh, just no. like point at the moon like and go, cops. we'll go there. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna get like. There's people. one of those. Check it. YouTube like NASA. Uh, like that kid new Keith astronaut. you went to high school with who has no job now is gonna be like an astronaut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like the people you're oh. scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, yeah. please, space, somebody. No, next week Andy and I will have applied and to be astronauts this officially i'm going to apply are you going to really to apply Hell oh yeah, yeah, yeah dude yeah we're yeah, both going to apply so cool. i don't want to do it i wouldn't do it if they said yes to me i wouldn't do it but i want to apply dude i'd leave comedy in a second what if there's a contract that once you apply you have to it's, <laughs> it's like binding. pay or play like you have to oh my god dude if they're but also a lot of the thing they want you to be able to speak russian because uh russia kind of shuttles our astronauts up to space and whatever and but i was also reading that it's agreed upon that english is going to be the language of space so but they would like if you but you're making like it, it like they like, just like oh as long as you have a college degree you could be an astronaut they're like a very specific degree you got to work three years in that field it's not just like any schlub off the street right. still millions of people or at least hundreds of thousands it's still people like us right who are and, more I mean, what, and, uh, why shouldn't you be able to apply? The, the interesting thing might be that get it. people might be so intimidated by it or scared of it or just they don't like space anymore that you might be surprised at getting a callback. Like when I was in college, I was graduating. When I was graduating from college, I graduated in 99, and that was the tail end, but still during the dot-com boom. So if you were in an engineering major... Uh, you you had your choice of jobs, so no one would want to take a, like a, a government job, for instance. And the NSA, the National Security Agency, was interviewing on campus, and they were at a job fair talking up how difficult it is to get the job, how many different levels of uh, of security clearance you have to go through, and how you can never have done it. It's like we're the best of the best, and we're the hardest to get into. And so they signed a bunch of people up to actually interview at the job fair because people would just write their names down. But then they heard them keep like things they thought were selling points about how hard it is to get in and how we're going to check your entire background. Only the best of the best get in. If you've ever smoked pot, you're not going to get it. So nobody showed up for the interviews. They signed up tons of people. And, no and my showed friend up. showed up and he got a job offer just because literally no one showed up. They all signed up like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to go work for this startup and make 10 times what... I don't care about the NSA, about working for the government. Like, you're going to do a background check. I've smoked pot. I'm not going to pass your check. So all these engineers were signing up and not even showing up for the interview. So I'd be like, that, we might actually get the I knew this girl who wouldn't... Uh, this was in college. She wouldn't do anything, like smoke pot or anything, because she wanted to work for the FBI. And supposedly, they do a hair test, and they could find out like if you've ever done anything. Is that true? Yeah, uh, like can you by testing no hair? Yes. Oh out? yeah, yeah. Hair. Yeah, yeah, but but hair hair only stays for like a few years. Like if you if you cut it off, obviously. You, yeah, no. If you no, just, but like how can they know through your hair if you've ever smoked pot? No, they won't. Like if you stopped smoking pot five years ago, you're you're totally fine. 
Right, but it'll show however long that hair. I mean, if yeah, you have I mean, hair that was growing when you were doing some substance, they can find traces. So as long as if you, that's arguably why, isn't they say that's why Britney Spears shaved her head because she w- wanted to be able to no, it's not, not <laughs> fail a drug theory? test. <laughs> no, I've heard. I've, no, I've heard because she was afraid of drug tests. So she's like, well, fuck you guys. If I cut off my hair, you can't do that kind of test. Who? What rock star is afraid of being yeah. drug tested? It was because Whoa. she had a kid. She had a kid, and she was yeah. Like if, if the if her criminal trial for uh, Stop whatever. I've read that. I've read that. I've read that. Let's move on to my favorite story of the week. This is awesome. Uh, this is a story about uh, this Kim company Kardashian. called Liquid Robotics. Um, Kim Kardashian got divorced because she was afraid <laughs> that they were going to drug test her. <laughs> Yesterday, a company called Liquid Robotics launched these four self-propelled, self-powering robots on this mission to explore the entire Pacific Ocean. I heard, yeah. You heard about that, really? Yeah, yeah. They're going on a 60,000-kilometer journey starting in San Francisco, and uh, one pair is heading to Japan, the other to Australia, and they're entirely self-propelled. Like The waves will power the propulsion system, and then the sun will power the sensors that will measure things like water salinity and temperature, clarity, oxygen content, all kinds of weather data and wave data and all these kinds of things they haven't been able to do before. And there have been devices like this, but none of them were self-powered. They had to keep being powered up. And these things look pretty cool, too. They're the size of dolphins. No, don't tell me. I like to envision that it's just like those little frogs you play with in the tub. They just want to up <laughs> these things. Yeah, but I, I mean, the, there was an argument about this with drones, too, is like, you know, at what point is it totally not involved with humans controlling it like it's always is okay yeah you could say that an alarm clock is self-propelled you know oh right but really the the point isn't even to prove that they don't need our help the point is these things can gather a ton of data and go really far without us having to do anything with them what do they look like i'm sorry they look you can look at the article that they're about the size yeah they're probably about eight feet long they're kind of sleek they're on top of a dandelion they're on top of a dandelion these sleek white things that have um kind of thin looking things that extend downward <laughs> Good description. Hey, you know what? I'm Sleek a hardcore white. Scientist. They got things that are looking like things, but they don't. No, they look very. They don't look like you don't see a tons of uh, you know obvious measurement devices sticking off of them. They're really sleek and and white. They look very 2001. A new iPhone. You know what scares me? Thinking about how Warren much of the ocean is not has never been seen. Yeah, that's, we, what, this is, that's what this is going to We help, know more uh, about the surface of, like, Mars. Well, maybe not Mars, but the moon, definitely, than we do about, the bottom yeah. of our ocean. Like, there could be anything there. Like, there could be a, a good Adam Sandler movie down there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going on, around. I'm high-fiving everybody. I mean, they got the heart of the oceans down there, right? That diamond. What is that? Oh, is that for, that's oh. what that old bat dropped in. <laughs> that old bat. That old bat. You know, she that's, just is that your new character she, guy who hates the wrong character in a movie? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, she just died. Goddamn like, Cinderella! A few months ago, those stepsisters were just trying to have a good time. I no, that woman just died, and I was surprised. I was like, I thought she looked so old in '97. I thought she was gone years ago. I like that. I, I think my new character. I'm gonna call. I think. Uh, uh, Brooks is now the quaint misogynist <laughs> calling women bats. You old bat. No, she threw Shut the, up about she threw your the whole, goddamn diamond. She threw diamond. that diamond down there, man. She had a family, man. That, dumb that woman sucks. had a family. Like, a, she had a family. <laughs> she could have sold that and like, but oh, no, yeah. it belonged to some dude I banged on a boat 80 years ago. Like, 
She met that guy and banged him in like two days, and she still loves him. Shut up. It wasn't a dude. He banged on a boat. That's exactly it was a boat was. that sank, and everyone died. What do you? That was the whole idea. Some skank left her fiance, banged a poor kid, and the poor kid died. She was slumming it for a night, and the guy died. That was and it. she's gonna. Yeah, that's. I just ruined the plot of Titanic. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Ah, we did it. <laughs> oh, you haven't. Oh, wait. Jeff has something to say. That's on my resume. I've never seen Titanic. That's on my resume. You've never Other seen special it? skills. Maybe you see Titanic, you get a microphone next time. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> I overheard these casting directors. They were like, it's just a problem. Everyone's seen Titanic. We need to find someone who hasn't. Um, it's like trying to get a jury that's not partial for a certain case. you got to find someone who hasn't actually heard about it. Right. Like they have. Michael Jackson. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, no, I read like a quote from uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Time Magazine, they go, what do you think about Titanic being turned into a 3D, 3D movie? And he was quoted saying, I can't tell you how much I don't think about that. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Awesome. oh, my God. What an awesome guy. I didn't like that guy that much until I heard that quote. I that is awesome. How much I don't think about that. <laughs> All right, let's go, let's go to our wait, final. Wait, 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 wait. Let's... Let's hang out for a second I on these dinner drones. reservations. Oh, okay. uh, you want to hang out on these I drones? I just think it's awesome. Like One of the cool things about them is they're, they're having all the data that they're gathering as they're doing this trip freely accessible. You can look at it on Google Earth's Ocean Showcase. Uh, Are they go- is the government involved in this? No, it's a private company. And they actually they, they opened up their... Let's see. They, they said that they're eager to see what the science community wants to do with all the data. So they're asking project, for project abstracts. They'll give a prize to the top five proposals. And the prize is six months' use of a wave glider optimized to collect whatever information the winner wants. So I don't think you, I understand what the advantage is of this. It's just no one's ever sent something out into into the ocean that can be unmanned for this long and just go gather. For one thing, like as a surfer... It's for global uh, warming information? It, anything. Like There's tons of information you can get from being out there about the ocean that we don't have. And it's the sky's limit. It's what they're saying. If you can think of something you want to know about the ocean, propose it. We'll have our gliders measure it in a way they haven't been able to before, and you'll help enrich the knowledge of the, the collective human race. How deep, how deep is it? How deep is it? How deep is it here? Hey, how, how deep about is here? it? How, cold? how about here? No, I like you know, do you think they're getting really terrible questions from like... How cold is the... How cold is it? How cold is it? Is well, it pretty, we can tell you. We don't need the drones yeah. for this. I want the drone wet? to figure is out... Is it pretty wet? What makes the waves go wavy like that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, Brooks, um, go ahead. Ruin my awesome robot story. Oh my God! No, I just uh, I, I gotta quit. go eat here in a minute. Um, all right. So here's our. Okay, yeah, this is a great. Segment. Every every episode, I'll, I'll preface this. Every episode after doing some science news stories, we like to we like to bring up some some science history topics. Science history, science history segment on the almost scientific, possibly scientific <laughs> podcast. Because it's possibly scientific, no one knows. Okay, <laughs> that, that's and our today's new topic intro. Has to do with Galileo Galilei. Yeah, Galilei. It's uh, Galileo Galilei, named so after a lyric of a Queen song. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. Um, and a Indigo Girl song. So the, here's what we're going to talk about: just how Galileo. Uh, like came out and was a big proponent of the heliocentric model of the universe instead of geocentric. Uh, Meaning, so, Earth goes around the sun, sun doesn't go around the Earth. Spoiler yeah, I can't tell alert, you how much also. I don't think about that. Oh, I love it! I love it. Uh, so no, he came out and said he came out and said this, uh, in I think it was like 1609 or 1610, and uh, he came out with this. Uh, paper, small book, saying, you know, I think that Copernicus was right. The Earth travels around the sun. And then he had the, they had this big little trial, 
and he kind of got off easy. In 1616, they said, hey, Galileo, like the Pope says this, fucking chill out, dude. Just be quiet about this whole idea. And uh, we'll let you. We'll let it slide. Just don't talk anymore about the heliocentric model of the of our solar system. And he's like, "All right, okay." I'm you fine mean with Pope that. Dale? Yeah, Pope. Pope Dale? Yeah, like well, who? What Pope is like? Fucking chill, bro. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, uh, I had that, but I don't. I don't have it in front of me. Which Pope was saying? Pope was Kevin? Uh, I think it's Pope Gregory the Fifteenth. Yeah, Pope Gregory like... the Fifteenth was like, do do do, chill. Dial it back on the whole heliocentricity. So Galileo does chill for he a little bit. He got retarded at the end of that one. <laughs> yeah. hey, he, hey. he chills for like 16 years. And then he's like, well, that was a while ago. They probably forgot that they told me to not tell everyone that the Bible's wrong. Right. So he, he published this his uh, second major work um, called The Dialogue, which uh, – what's the, what's the title of the book? I don't have it in front of me yeah, either. I Maybe this is a good yeah. point okay, for an so edit. This is, this is probably <laughs> where I... Yeah, let's edit this part. Do you want to actually... We haven't edited anything for a while. Yeah, let's yeah. Make sure. Okay, I got it. Right. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Uh, okay. You printed that whole thing out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, back. We're not going to edit. Go ahead. No, we're going to edit this. <laughs> Let's all go quiet for a second so we can get a clean start. Okay, so Galileo's second work that he we just came out with. This. Yeah, we, this is, there was some editing involved. I was busy at work this week. I didn't have time to read. I had to actually science. Should we edit terrible. out me saying we just edited it? Let's edit it all. This whole thing has been edited. I don't like that people know that we edit now because they're like, you, there's so much more you should have edited out of this. We, then you could release an uncensored. They version. don't know yet because we are going to edit all of this too. Oh, it is? Who knows? All right. Well, let's... Okay. So it was the, like Jerry Springer, two fat naked chicks were just fighting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You could see it on the DVD extras. All right. So the second book, uh, the second major work that got Galileo in trouble was uh, a book called The Dialogue Concerning the Two Chief World Systems, Ptolemy, uh, Ptolemaic and Copernican. And it's just uh, looking at um, the pros and cons, not necessarily the pros and cons, but like the... Uh, what works and what doesn't work about heliocentric versus geocentric. He publishes this book and then immediately gets called into Italy to uh, the Vatican and they put him on trial and he gets convicted of heresy. So he gets convicted of heresy, told uh, that he can never speak about heliocentric, the heliocentric model of the, of the solar system yeah. again. Uh, Put on house arrest for the rest of his life. Can't leave his house, but he's got a pretty, pretty swank place, so it's all right. And uh, also told that he can no longer publish things. So, like, he's still kind of young. He's got a lot of life left, and they're just like, no, Damn. you can't. Like, you're you're only the most prolific. He could have been the scientist. Steve Jobs of his era. No, exactly. So he couldn't. He couldn't do anything anymore. He got, got in some traps. Is that your whole story? Now, why was why was Copernicus not subject to the same kind of scrutiny when he actually proposed this? Because all Galileo said was, I agree with what Copernicus he was. said 50 Co Copernicus years was. earlier. But I mean, like, why is that not as... I, just it's, it's crazy that it was it took so many years for someone else to get in trouble just for not agreeing. And in fact, no, Copernicus lived from 1473 to 1543. Right, okay, and so Galileo, this is happening early 1600s. Right, so, so here's why Copernicus was really smart about it. Copernicus published this like right before he died. Like right before he died, he's ah. like, "Hey y'all, uh, we're going out. around the sun, bitches. Peace." And like that's yeah. that's what he did. So, but Galileo did it super early. So they 
they banned Galileo from publishing hey, any further works. Uh, so then when they read all this to Galileo and they're like, you're under house arrest, you're um, found guilty of heresy, you can't publish any more books, you're an idiot. Uh, it's said that I mean, that Gal- last one was kind of rubbing yeah. in. It's, it's said that Galileo just kind of muttered under his breath and yet it moves. Like, like, oh, we're, but we're still moving around the sun. We're not stationary. Your try, your conviction of me does not change the fact that we're spinning around that big it ball was, of gas. Was he like the deep south UFO guy of his generation? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He was, right? Well, only, the only difference is he's absolutely correct and a genius. Maybe, uh, well, maybe. Is he a genius just for agreeing with somebody else? No, he's, he's a genius. A genius like yeah, yeah. He's actually, he like he's instead of telescopes. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the father of my, of like modern astronomy. That should be a podcast. Is he a of genius? Questioning yes, is genius. Yeah. I like. Okay. Next week we'll refute Galileo, which is a real idiot. By the way, you kept saying that uh, they had to go back to saying that there was a geocentric model of the solar system. Which, was it of the universe? Of the, of the no, 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 no. No, it is the solar of the system. Earth's but I'm orbit. saying. But they wouldn't have called it the solar system because that term is also sun-centric. Right, right. Well, so so they would have, I wonder what they called it. I wonder what they called it because obviously they, they knew about some planets. Because are you we can sure see... at this point that it does go around? We Ooh, are. Ooh, Sherry Shepard isn't. Who's Sherry Shepard? Sherry Shepard from The View was asked, actually, she was asked if, uh, if she believed the Earth was round. And she said, I don't know. I, I don't have time to think about things like that, much like Leo DiCaprio, because she's got to put food on her kids' it's table. because it's not. It's oblong. Oh, oh! No. Maybe she was thinking it's slightly not spherical. That's what round. Saying. It's not a sphere, but we go an on egg. an elliptical. No, it's not perfectly spherical. Oh, okay. So Sherry Shepard was probably thinking that specifically that there's a slight, <laughs> there's a slight. It's true. At, no. at the equator, it's a little bit wide. It is. So. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Makes Sorry, sense. Sherry Shepard is smart. I was wrong. Makes sense. Okay, so then that cut to a year later. I'm in jail for heresy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you going. It was a podcast. I never thought anyone would listen. We listen to it. The Freemasons are that? listening to this. Yeah, lizard people. So we we do agree then that the Earth does go around the sun. Galileo was a smart dude. Yeah, and then uh, you know, should we talk the, about the lakes of Europa? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about the lakes of Europa? Europa. Whose rope are we talking about? You guys, guys, are we going to talk science or what? I mean, it's you know, it's about time. You know what? We've been holding very back all this time. So very there's lakes the size of the Great Lakes that's buried under a mile of ice there, and Europa uh, is is a, a moon, moon of, of Jupiter. Jupiter, right? It's the coolest moon. Galileo saw Europa, like he was the first person to discover Myropa. Moons of Jupiter. <laughs> Come on. Which, which in turn, uh, that's what started this whole thing because he's like, okay, everybody thinks that everything revolves around the Earth, but nope, there's moons revolving around Jupiter. So that threw it into question. So Cut. even it all everyone else in. would have wanted to hear even those moons of things which wouldn't be called moons if they weren't orbiting the thing they were orbiting were orbiting us. Until yeah, how him, much money would that dude make if he starts selling territory on moons of Jupiter? Seriously. Oh man, a lot of moons. Just I like mean, some summer houses on those lakes, like uh, you get like a lakefront property. Like yeah, picture, there's lakes there. Isn't that picture crazy? spring breakers putting houseboats out in there and shit. It's like Havasu. That's, yeah. Love it. That's it. I would buy that. I would buy some property, some lakefront property on Europa. Can we, can we talk about what happened that. to Pluto? Why is that not a thing anymore? Oh, no one talks about Pluto. They, well, that because they found other things just as big as Pluto out there. Now it's called a um, like a subplanet. Yeah, Pluto's I think that's what they're saying, yeah. 
It's not a planet, but it's like uh, one below it. I'm not exactly sure what the official... A dwarf planet. That's what it's called. Ugh. Pluto is now a dwarf planet. And I like the guy who discovered Pluto. Like, towards the end, he discovered it, I think, in like 1929, 1930. Um, like, right at the end of his life, they're like, oh, man, it's... We're never... Uh, Pluto's not really a planet anymore, and he refused. He's like... Fuck you. This is all I have. <laughs> Fuck you. Bury me with both middle fingers extended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he died. Had to take down all these awards. Yeah, exactly. But, yep, only eight planets now. But, all right, that is... Uh, I petered out. All right. Yeah, you know, that's... I think that's, that's been a fun episode. No, we want to thank our guest, Barry Rothbard, once again for joining Woo! us. It was a pleasure to have you. Are you going to be appearing anywhere in the next week or two you want to talk about? Uh... I'll be uh, I'll be at the Improv Saturday night. There's no way this, this is, is getting up before. Out. That. Yeah, what is this going on? <laughs> Tell us where we'll be in 2012. 2012. We might have it up by then. Um, I will be on uh, several other podcasts. Ooh, ooh, um, enticing. I think I'm doing uh, Never Have I Ever podcast at the Meltdown Comics. I'm doing. Is uh, that going down there? I'm starting Isn't a, a new podcast Rob called Rob? Moons of Jupiter. We just talk about <laughs> the moons son of, of a Jupiter. Bitch. We have this. We have this whole science. Possibly thing. moons of Jupiter. It's called. It's it's possibly moons of Jupiter. Okay, and Jeff Cerulli for uh, we like to thank him for coming and then us not letting him talk into the microphone at all. Real fun times, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, that's it for this week. Tune in next week with special guest. And see you later.